in a world where... Nah, this ain't that kind of podcast. Let's be honest, the world doesn't need another podcast where we ask the same old questions to the same successful people. You're listening to the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. Grab a seat at the table as Nev and his guests dig into the challenges that successful agencies and freelancers have overcome to achieve their success. There's no script, and Nev's insatiable curiosity and ADD can take the conversation anywhere. So let's get real and have some honest talk, lots of laughs, and some helpful insights into what it really takes to create more profit and impact in your business. All right, we're back with another episode of Profit and Impact. Our guest today is Kim Doyle. Kim is the WP chick. She is formerly known. Formerly known. WP chick. (laughs) Formerly known as WP chick. I apologize for that one. Yes, yes, yes. So now I affectionately refer to her as the content queen. (laughs) So um, Kim, she, she started a business back in. 2008, like as another person that started a fantastic business in a recession. So Kim, introduce yourself. Uh, first of all, Nev, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, I, I did. It's kind of funny when you say that. I didn't really put the two and two together that, you know, 2008, the housing crisis is when I decided to start a business. So quick little bio here for you. So I started my business, though, because I was widowed in 2003 and I was working full-time retail management. Anybody that has ever worked retail knows it's no quality of life. My kids were little, six and two. And so it was like, I had actually had a settlement around his death. It wasn't a huge, it wasn't enough that I could retire on, but it put some money away for the kids for school. And it gave me an opportunity to have a cushion. And I was like, screw it. I'm going all in on this. I've always had this bent, but I knew there was something else I was supposed to do with my life. I had uh, opened and ran a physical retail scrapbook store like way back in 1998 for a couple of years. I had done some contract recruiting as a consultant. And so I'd done all those things and I've tried stuff. And it was like, I, I discovered internet marketing at a wealth expo in 2006. And this is my favorite little side note. Put on by the learning annex in San Francisco. I was born and raised in the Bay Area in Northern California and Trump was the keynote speaker. <laughs> it, was, it was Trump, Tony Robbins, and Robert Kiyosaki, right? But the thing is, you know, like you go to an event and there's all these offshoot sessions. And so a friend and I had gone to this little offshoot session and it was on internet marketing. And I was like, I just knew, I'm like, that is going to be, that's it for me. And it took a couple of years, right? And then I came across an audio program I listened to and there was somebody, and it was all about becoming a speaker was which the okay. audio program was. Okay. But one of the speakers at the event uh, was... An internet marketer. And I was like, this is it. So fast forward to 2008. I just, I knew I had to go all in. I thought I was going to be an information marketing millionaire. Like I was just going to write eBooks and make all kinds of money. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, but found WordPress kind of fell in love with it. Ignorance was bliss. I started playing with it, man, you guys. And I was not technical at all. Uh, totally self-taught and everything found WordPress developed the WordPress, started doing websites. And, and through that iteration of that business, like I did websites, I had an outsourcing company because then I was like, I'm not a developer. I'm not a programmer. I don't want to go that deep into it. And then my focus was really on helping the everyday user with WordPress, but it was kind of, my tagline was a place where WordPress and marketing collide. That's how I looked at it. I love marketing. I love content. 
Yeah. And so I launched my podcast. It was the WordPress chick podcast originally in 2013. And that changed everything for me. It was just relationships and I got income and coaching clients and podcast clients. It was just, and I literally did it now because I wanted to have more fun in my business. Everything that I've done that I have not had an attachment to a financial outcome has paid off the best. So long story short, I pivoted in, in gosh, 2017, late 2017 to my personal brand. I say goodbye to the WordPress chick. She'll always be a part of my life, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, and it just kind of started stepping into content. I thought I was going to launch a software SaaS in between there that launched and closed. But in the meantime, I had really gone all in on content, started a Facebook group. And then I had an idea for a physical content planner in late 2018 summer. Long story short, you know, we've been out now over a year and a half. It's kicking butt. It's it's phenomenal. I love it. We have digital products. We've got training with it. Um, I've just gone all in on content, and um, I'm really I'm really happy. It's it's been a crazy journey. It has not been a straight line, which anybody knows, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, life is life is really good. Nice, nice, nice. I love it. I love the following Thanks. your passion thing, and, mm-hmm. and like because. Um, I had a friend that we were talking about starting a podcast together and she's like, well, how do we monetize this? How do we make it about a brand? I say, if we make a podcast that's fun, that we enjoy making, that's maybe not about what we do, I think that will spread, you know, maybe it won't spread to millions of people, but you know, it'll at least make us famous or a lot of money in our business, but at least, you know, if we're, you know, reaching the people we want. So I think that's really cool about, you know, doing stuff for fun because that's when you that's when you're able to pull yourself up from the the times that suck because you're enjoying you know you know you have a passion for it so well it is and i think the piece like everybody well how are you going to monetize this how are you going to monetize this and you know which i get you you have to have a business which is like the content planner came out of your content should be driving leads and sales right at the same time that doesn't mean you don't publish things that you have a real internal calling to publish. You publish when you speak from the heart. There's different types of content, but but really there's so much pressure if you're doing something to pay the mortgage next week, right? And and I get it. Like I totally understand, especially during this time we're in right now, right? That there is this responsibility of well, I've got bills to pay. But but I just know and I'm gonna get kind of woo-woo on you here now. But like <laughs> I I believe in energy and when I put out an angsty, stressful energy, it just comes back tenfold. When I take the time to get an alignment in my life, I meditate. I am, I don't know, I constantly put good stuff into my head. Like I really do. I read, I listen to stuff, depending on what I'm working on, but I can listen to positive, inspirational stuff, whatever, because it fuels me. It keeps me on 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 task and on purpose and not feeding the fear, which we we see a lot of people doing that. So, you know, if you're in a position where you're starting a business or you have a business and you're like, how do I monetize this? My suggestion would be to go find a side gig that helps you pay your bills. And there's so many things you can do online now to earn a living as well as a job. Um, but get, get the income in. Cause when you remove the financial pressure of building this thing that you're looking for a long-term sustainable business, you're not looking for like an overnight thing, you know, it will do a hundred times better. I, I hand to heart. Like I really believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find something that you know you have a passion about that you could even do as a side hustle. I, I love that. I love that. I want to jump I back just, that? really quick. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to add one more little thing here, um, and I promise I won't keep interrupting you. No, 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 no. This is a free flowing conversation. <laughs> so, but the, the follow your passion thing. What I will say is that some sometimes you have to 
you work your way to the passion, right? Like when I started my business, I had no idea what content marketing was. Like I was trying to say to my son the other day, he's 19. I'm like, dude, content marketing didn't exist when I was 19. Like it wasn't a thing, right? You know, so you don't know what's going to show up and what opportunities are going to present themselves. And so it's a matter of like, I get clarity through doing. So you have to consistently be taking action, implementing, testing, tweaking, you know, and, and that may lead you to your passion. So this idea that you're supposed to have this like divine inspiration and know out of the gate what your passion is, kudos if you do, you know, but a lot of us <laughs> don't. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, be gentle with yourself on the journey there. I love that. You know, when I started, how I, I got started, with this, I was selling advertising, print advertising. You know, and it's not, my dream was never to sell print advertising, but I had a dream of where I wanted to grow the business to. And what do you think of this? Like, so I grew an agency, you know, and I got it to a, a pretty good point. And, but then I realized what I thought was success, like wasn't what I thought was make me happy and would be success would be the end goal actually didn't. It actually mm-hmm. made me as miserable as I've been, you know, and hands uh, down, I had an outsourcing company. I didn't, you know, that was never a goal or intention of mine, but it was like when I started coaching, then I found I was pulling in a lot of people. This was when I was under the WordPress chicken that needed development and design support and help. And so next thing you know, I'm, I'm growing this. And it was at the time I was in this, like a high ticket mastermind. I remember one of my mentors and it was funny, like I wasn't offended, but he's like, well, that's your crack. Like get those people in on the retainer for the outsourcing and then you sell them this. Here's the thing. I wasn't super clear on what I was selling on the back end, but the truth is, Nev, like I never wanted to build websites. I never wanted to learn developing. And again, I'm not, I'm not a coder developer, but the truth is like, I would rather be the star than the producer. Right. And, and so I know that about myself and I come from a place of integrity and heart. And I feel like I'm honest about who I am and how I move through the world. And so like my gifts are doing that. Like I want to create and I want to inspire. I don't want to get mirrored in the the minutia. However, I've spent 12 years in the minutia learning and testing and tweaking and getting to that. Like a lot of people want to start a business. Like I have a friend, you know, that went to that event with me and God bless her. Like she's wanted to do stuff forever, but still I I can't tell me the websites I built for her, but I'm like, you have to pull the trigger. You have to try. Mm -hmm. And at at some point, like you can decide you are or are not technical, then you make something else happen, you know, but you have to, I don't know, maybe it sounds super old school, right. And contrary to, to energy, but I feel like there is a piece of showing up and doing the work that aligns with what you attract and bring into your life. Right. So you, you do those two concurrently. And so like, I, I know who I am and where my strengths are at this point in my life and why put the energy elsewhere. I, wow. There's so much to unpack right there. Uh, <laughs> first, I think the, what you were talking about, how just pulling the trigger, I think so many people have these ideas and they do stuff and they build, but they never pull the trigger. They never put themselves out Mm -hmm. there. They never do because whatever imposter syndrome, they're scared. They always have an excuse to be working on something else, but it's just, you know, I think that's, I think that's a big point. I think that's everybody listening out there. I think if you have an idea pull the trigger, you know, chances are you're going to fail at it because, you know, nobody's successful with the first, every idea. Like I think Dave Ramsey said that they've made money off his couple good ideas and they survived all his bad ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at that. I mean, I was super public, right? Like 
I'm totally still getting used to the, the climate and the difference. Um, but anyways. I'll yeah, well, hold on. Let's talk about that for a second right there. Okay. Um, uh, how was the climate in Hogwarts? <laughs> Hogwarts is perfect. Hogwarts is ideal. Yes. And you're not quarantining. Oh, yeah, I know. Like I, you know, what's funny. It's like, I actually posted this in my Facebook group today about what movies inspire you. I I'd come across an article and it was like 10 movies that inspire are inspiring for entrepreneurs. One of which is Rudy. I love, I, I like sports movies that are based on true stories when people overcome and like Rudy is the epitome of hard work and fulfillment of a dream. I mean, it was, it was just like, yeah. it gives me goosebumps, yeah. right? But there's something about Harry Potter that like just brings in like every element of, of who I am, like friendship and love and integrity. And I, I don't, I don't know it and heart and heartache. Right. And, and overcoming that in spite of the challenges and stuff. So, you know, a little side note, I took my kids to Scotland in 2013 and we stayed with a friend that I met online, like her and her kids. Right. She's uh, and, and so we went to, I think it's called elephant house in okay. uh, Edinburgh where JK Rowling used to write right in the morning. Oh, cool. And it was amazing. Like I went to use the restroom and the, the place had let people, there's like graffiti all over the walls, but it's all messages to JK Rowling. And one of the, the things that just, oh, but it said, thank you for creating the boy who lived, who inspired me to keep, keep living, you know? And it's like, you just don't know. And I mean, mm. like, that's totally giving yeah. me goosebumps and we're totally off topic here, but I love it. It, it's, it's just, you know, like you don't know, you don't know what message and what content and how you show up in the world is going to mean something to somebody else that day. And so, you know, that's where I kind of have this, everything is content mantra because it is. And it, it, it's just, I mean, I couldn't write a novel to save my life, but I can write nonfiction all day long and I can share stories and talk about my experiences and stuff. So, you know, it's like finding those things, I don't know, finding those things that keep you going regardless of what the rest of the world says. Yes, I know that. So I'm in a really, really hard day. Uh, it was about two or three months ago. And uh, somebody, and I'd, I'd put out this like training and somebody had messaged me and told me like that they'd, you know, were able to find some money and save some money. And it was a little kind of thing, but it was just like, okay, you know, I got, you know, it was just like, you know, you were just, Mm-hmm. reassured by, you know, like, and I think, I think I always say is like, if we do one nice thing for somebody a day, we just say some one nice thing to a stranger, just one, you know, like, yeah, they might think you're weird for like complimenting a stranger, but if you make one person's day, if, you know, mm-hmm. that would be, and nine people think you're really strange. It's like, why is a stranger talking to me? But when <laughs> you know, but one person, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's way off topic, but I think, yeah. But it is. And I, and I think that when it, especially with business, like it's, we live in a world of highlight reels, right? And it's mm-hmm. very easy to get like, you know, like I, my heart goes out truly to kids today. Like I, like I had a great time in high school, but I mean, the only way I go back is if I could take the knowledge I have today. <laughs> but, but the thing is like, it's hard enough to be an adolescent without being able to compare yourself to people 24 seven. Right. I mean, I think about that and it's like, God, so like when you're talking about imposter syndrome and all of these things, what we have to remember is everything that we see and not everything, but there's a marketing bent to influencers. And there's a reason, Mm -hmm. like, do you know who Celeste Barber is? No, I don't. Oh my God. Okay. Anybody who doesn't know her, go look her up because she's 
phenomenal. She is an Aussie and she blew up on Instagram because she is an everyday woman married with two kids. They're, I don't know, like eight and 10 or something, but she makes fun of models. Like they're in all these. So she started and they'd be like in a random pose doing this. And then she'd do it in like her briefs and like her hair all messed up. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's just, there was something so gen and she now she's got a showtime comedy special. I mean, she has blown up, but she is so friggin' honest and real. And, and that's what we need, right? It's like the only differentiating factor we have today is who we are and how we approach the things that we do. So it's like, I, I don't know, you know, that the imposter syndrome, you know, being afraid to show up or like where you were talking about people not pulling the trigger. I mean, the truth is most people are consumed with themselves, right? So this Mm -hmm. idea that people, like we overrate our nuisance factor, right? Like (laughs) we have this idea that like, oh, well, everyone's going to judge this. And the thing is you might get those trolls, but who who cares, right? And it's taken me a long time to get here with that truthfully. But at some point, you know, stop and think about it. Like you didn't know how to drive a car, but you had to learn and you were nervous Mm -hmm. about doing that. Right. I mean, when you started dating as a younger person or like all these things, we do them anyway, you show up to the job interview. So for some reason we can't, we need to find, I like to find parallels in, I did it over here. I can do it over here. Right. Or somebody else that's done it. That's why I listen to stuff. So it's, it's like taking, like, here's an example. I used to get a lot of, you know, people get so afraid of being smarmy and selling online. And it's like, you don't get mad when you go to the grocery store and they've got buy some gum and here's a magazine and here's one more thing we can sell you. Or when you walk in and they've got tables and they've got cakes and cookies for mother's day and flowers. And don't forget, you know, nobody gets offended. And if someone's going to get offended because you're making an offer, peace out. Like, who cares, right? So it's like finding those parallels that that help me reframe stuff in my mind works quite quite well for me. No, I, I love that. Yeah, I think I think people. I think if you do, I think Seth Godin always talks about if you're interrupting people with a me 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 kind of message instead of like uh, like a combination of like content can sell, but it can also provide value. But mm-hmm. if it's you know, and if they're getting value out of it, they'll, they'll listen to, you know, a little bit of a sales pitch in there. So, um, yeah, I like that. So let's then take what we were discussing there and then transition into like, when you had your business and you got started and everything like that, how was it? Cause I, I love the example of the highlight reel and everything like that, because like the Instagram model that gets at one shot showing her perfect life showing the perfect mom life for their kids and everything like that. What they don't know is she's been up for four hours and that shot. And she got to live that life for five minutes and she was up at right. four in the morning prepping for that one shot. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, yeah. And it's just like, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't living that life. That was just, um, but so what was it like when you started your business in like in back in 2008? You know, it's, it's so funny, especially like, God, I saw something, something getting up in a memory. I had done like an animated PowerPoint video with Camtasia or something. It was showing the WordPress dashboard and it was like version two or something. Like, I was like, wow, this has been a long journey. But so I started it without totally knowing what I was doing, right? But I signed up for a social media marketing class and that was what got me on Facebook. That's what, that's when I started uh, with Twitter and stuff. And I just made a commitment to myself. And I remember the, the course was like $1,500. And I was like, wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, just because, I mean, people that aren't in the online space, although that is changing super fast, don't connect the dots that, wow, people make this kind of money on the internet with, with education. Mind you, they don't 
buck at a $50,000 a year university education that may or may not pay off. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, that's another rant for another day. And I'm not knocking at degrees. I'm not saying that, but I, I will knock a degree. I have many degrees. I will knock them. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what it is? Like I've got my degree too. And it was like, and I went back cause I hadn't finished it. And I went back and I finished and I got, and I got my degree and it's a piece of paper that sits on a shelf. Right. So, and I, that was solely for myself. I knew I wasn't going to do anything with it, but the truth is like, I mean, it's, it's, we're stuck in an era of a different time. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you stop to think about it. It's like, what on earth do kids need two more years of GE for? Truthfully, when they can get that information on their phone in 10 minutes. And the fact that we teach algebra and geometry in high school today, as opposed to finance, I mean, if you're going to be a science or a math major or go into that field, right? Kudos. But accounting one, accounting two, finance, like management, like all of that. But the thing is, now I'm getting super ranty. You you learn and, and, but it's like, so we're all supposed to follow this herd mentality and everybody's supposed to learn the same way. I'll never forget when I was in management, I was a training manager and I loved doing that stuff. And we went through this thing, like the disc stuff. A lot of people have done that, but talking about learning styles, right? And so like, I know that I'm somebody that like, if I, I can read something, then I need to apply it, right? And some people want to go apply it and then come back and read the whatever. I'm like, how is it that we allow adults in a corporate environment to learn differently, but we expect children to all learn the exact same way for 12 friggin' years of their life. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. just, it's, it's dated. It is, it served a different time and era post industrial mm-hmm. revolution for what mm-hmm. that's worth. You know, I don't know. And we're going to see things changing. And, you know, like I went through some stuff with my son when he was in high school and it was the first time I saw, cause you know, he had some challenges, not academically, like other stuff. And it was, but once you don't fit in the box, you realize how broken it is. Right. Mm -hmm. My daughter sailed through stuff. I didn't think about it, but I was like, this is so not set up to serve people that don't follow that path. And it's heartbreaking. Right. And so, and I think today, like you look at, you know, businesses, how many businesses today wish to God they had captured an email and a phone number for texting or, or, or communication or something. Right. And so now this pandemic has, has forced people into a different place. Like when I started, mm-hmm. you know, that was the original question. It was just like, I just kept going now. Like I connected with, I had no idea exactly what it was going to look like. I originally thought here's a funny thing. So my first website was the self-help chick, which she's still up there somewhere. And because I have, I spent 10 years in the book industry way back when, and like, I'm a voracious reader. I like consuming information and and I'm not one of those that, you know, like, cause you can also go sideways, just learning forever and not applying. But, you know, I listened to, and I went through like all the motivational gurus, like in the early nineties and Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and mm-hmm. all those guys. And then I pivoted. Right. And I found Wayne Dyer and like, I, the, the spiritual inspiration, that doesn't mean I don't listen to, I listen to a ton of business stuff, but I balance it. And I have found my sweet spot by, and I just take what serves me. Right. But at the time it was just like, so I started with the self-help chick. I thought I was going to make money off of AdSense and Google, you know, but you just keep going and trying, right. And course correcting. Mm -hmm. It's like that old analogy of a pilot when they take off, they've got a path, but based on wind and patterns, they have to be able to veer off the initial course to get back to where they're going. And it's like, again, Nev, like I, I couldn't have pictured this, but I had to have a physical product supported by digital products. The money we're spending on ads, it's like, it's ludicrous to me when the the me in 2008 couldn't have seen this. I didn't know it existed, but you keep going. Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I think <laughs> you're just nailing it right there. You started at one point, you, you were you were open to new ideas, and you kept on trying, and you ended up, uh, you had success, and you used that success to build other success and other things. And I think what, what's happening right now is going to create a lot of opportunity, massive opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, especially in the education field, you know, where they're, they're being forced to do this online education. What you have right now is a professor that highly paid at a highly paid university that comes into a classroom and teaches one course one time and gone. Mm-hmm. That is not creating value. If he does that same course online and you put it online and multiple people could access it again and again, that is you know um, creating value and that's being able to scale and that's being able to bring down, make education more accessible and bring down the cost of it. Because well, um, right, and that's that's the that's the issue, right? It's it, they're all for profit centers, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be profit in education, but it's asinine. Like, don't even get me started on the student loan debt. It's like people like it's a joke. It's predatory lending. That's my two my two cents. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm like, why is it that we expect students to be held accountable for getting a degree in a job they may not exist, but yet we let corporations file bankruptcy all the time, you know, or or the fact that, like, don't get mad about people wanting to dismiss student loan. Get pissed that Netflix and Amazon pay practically nothing in taxes. Like, come on! <laughs> and I'm a capitalist. I believe in entrepreneurship and business. But, you know, like, I don't know. I could go sideways. I'm going to stop. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I think, yes, I just think there's so much education, uh, like, reform that's needed. What I'll say about, like, so it's creating this massive opportunity Uh Mm-hmm. for us and everything like that. And I think it's the people that are able to, the buzzword now, I guess, is pivot. You pivot, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, that that, that was, um, it was, uh, that, that was a word in sports. Now it's become, you know, it's like everybody was, pivoting and then it was in the market, you know, in the finance market, it was your pivoting position now. But anyway, so, so, uh, but anyway, so I'll think about the friends episode, right? Pivot, pivot. Sorry. No, no, no. I love it. So, but I think it's the people that are able to adapt to these new opportunities that are going to be really around because all like AI and like when you start at WordPress, so it was, it was not, Hard, but it wasn't it wasn't super easy. You didn't need to code Ugh. everything, but it was no. But you also had to put a install a plugin to change the page order in the menu. Like yeah. if you weren't a developer or a coder, right? It was it, it was not easy. Like there's not much you can't do, right? Like that you can pretty much build any type of site you want on it today. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Exactly. Yeah. So like I yeah I would agree that it was pretty hard for you know unless you were like a coder, but nowadays we have these page builders and everything like that so if all you're doing is if your way to add value is that you know how to work wordpress you know as that gets easier and easier and easier you're going to be of less value less value less value unless you create a niche you know and have premium positioning around this niche where you're adding expertise to the use of the product so the product is WordPress and the expertise you add to that. Well, you have something to say there. I can see the look. I do. Words. Well, just a little, and it's not a contradiction because I believe in the niche. At the same time, our content creators planner, right? You would not believe who our customers are. I, I had a Zoom call with a realtor last week 
We have had dentists. We have had doctors sign up. We've got salons. I've got entrepreneurs and coaches and authors and all that, which we assumed. But like, I've had, do you have any city business, city um, officials? Like not officials, but like the city of whatever, somebody who does their social media for the city is buying the planner, right? So you'd be really surprised. And now here's the interesting thing. So I actually did a uh, webinar for Cloudways yesterday with um, their Mavericks and they were asking me about this. And she's like, you know, we hear niche, but you guys didn't niche down. I'm like, no. And, and there's a couple pieces here, right? So for starters, I really love the psychographic element of defining your customer versus the demographic, yes, I right? I mean, and, and I look at like, my ideal person is someone who, for, for as long as I've been doing this, it's always been kind of me where I was a few years ago, right? But the psychographics, it, it's, it's, it just resonates more with me, right? Like, mm-hmm. so what we've done is we went through, as we were doing this project, building, the, like we literally spent, I'm not kidding you, my business partner, Jody and I, six hours on a Zoom call on a Saturday. We had weekly calls because we, we both had other businesses going, Right. But we did the whole Donald Miller, Miller brand story. We sat and we worked mm-hmm. through stuff, man. And we, we defined that audience, the foundation. We got super, super clear on what our product, the problem, the product solved and who it was for. So in, a, in essence, you're like, yeah, but who is everybody? Well, no, but at the same time, everybody's creating content, right? So it's more of a type of person that we're, we're talking directly to, right? Like I have this thing that I teach and it's like called core content values. So for me, under whether it's Kim Doyle or Planner, like I want people to feel better for having engaged with my content. I want them to either learn something, be inspired or be entertained, right? So whatever you do, whether you're listening to me, reading me, watching a video, whatever, you're going to feel, I want you to feel better. I want you to say that was time well spent, whatever it is. And if it, if it doesn't, it doesn't mean we're not necessarily right. That message didn't resonate with you or you're not my right tribe and that's fine. So I think the niche thing what happens then is it's kind of the, along the same lines as the passion thing of I'm looking for my niche. I'm looking for my niche. I'm looking for my niche and it gets in the way. So I'm not saying not to niche, but I'm saying, what do you want to create? What's the value? What is the problem you're solving? Like if you start from there, your, your tribe will show themselves to you. People will tell you who they are and what they want, right? Like a, a great example is we created a uh, Trello version of the planner because we had people saying left and right all the time, like, Okay, because the PDF is not writable and it's a usability issue. So you can print it or use it with a tablet and an app. But the actual, so we, people are like, look, I want a digital version of this because it's essentially a content framework. It's a content strategy framework. And so, and it was funny because Jody was like, I don't get Trello. She likes Asana and stuff. And I was like, I'm not a huge Trello user, but I was like, I think I, I, think I can do, let, let's make this happen. Long story short, I mean, the day we launched it to our list now, I think we did 2,500 in sales that day and it's done a ton more now, right? People buy it all the time and we haven't even started running paid traffic just for that product. And so it's something that I I think, again, it comes back to that being able to course correct, that have a goal, have the intentions, but be fluid, be flexible with it, right? Like allow yourself to to stay curious and find those things that, wow, because you never know, like you may, you may create content and you think, okay, like this is a keyword research SEO content. Great. But it may be something that has nothing to do with SEO that drives your tribe to you. Right. So you have to test and tweak and be willing to course correct. Yeah. I I think, um, I think people define niche too. Um, I think you're just, I'm going to use you you as an example now, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) 
going in the future when I talk to people about whatever this kind of thing, because I think when people think about niching, they think about it way, 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 way to define. But you're right. You could have vertical and horizontal niches. You could right. have, you know, it's just not like you don't have like a certain person. You have a certain need, you know, mm-hmm. that you're solving. So exactly. And and the thing is, people will tell you now, like testimonials that we have for the planner blows my mind completely. Like, and so one person commented through a messenger on Facebook and said, I have the planner, you know, and I, I think maybe she has a master class too. And we have sample businesses. Like I always do that. Even with the Trello board, we created a fictitious cupcake store business, uh, Jasper's cupcakes. And it's <laughs> I Jasper's cupcake my, store business. Well, well, it was just because like, I was like, I know physical locations, right? But my business partner, one of her dogs is Jasper. I have two dogs. So like we keep rotating the dog's names for things. But anyways, so Jasper's Cupcakes. So there's a whole sample business. At the same time, you know, if you're not selling a product or a digital product or a physical product at that price point or something to that element, she says, I sell a high ticket service. How would I use my content? And I'm like, brilliant question. I'm going to create content just for you. So let, let, let's kind of have some conversations about this and, and I'll show exactly what I would do to create a content strategy, selling a high ticket service, right? So, or a high ticket product, whatever that is. So people will tell you, but you have to hit publish. You have to show up. You have to be mm-hmm. shown doing things and then you'll get the clarity from your, your audience. And I think Seth Godin said the way to become better at writing content and creating content is to put out a bunch of bad content. Yes. Well, you know, it's like, I'm like totally quoting myself here, but it came to me in another interview once, but I was like, you're not going to get good at something by not doing it. Yeah. Forget, you exactly. know, like, hello. And it's just like my first post on the word project was atrocious. It sounded like a robot wrote, wrote it. It was like a paragraph long. I didn't know anybody, you know, it's like, but it doesn't matter for me, even with writing, I would say it probably wasn't until I launched my podcast that I really found more of my voice and my confidence in writing. And it was just my own process of getting there, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I'm going sideways. <laughs> I'm pretty good like speaking and I don't know, it's always like to get up on stage and just ramble on about shit. And I thought, okay, well, that'll translate really easily in the video. Ha, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> like my first video still, I, if my video was just not like really off the cuff, I really struggle with it. And my first videos, and I listened to everybody's advice, you know, like all these experts' advice and stuff like that. And I just became wooden and stiff, and they were just horrible. <laughs> so yeah, I think well, but I would, the more I did it, the more I've gotten a little bit better at it. It is. And, and even like when it comes to business, I mean, people get it. Like another Seth Godin quote is, you know, content marketing is the only marketing left, really. I mean, everything is content marketing, right? Like no matter whether it's an ad or whatnot. And it doesn't mean that the polished, you know, it depends on your market and, and how they respond to stuff. But, you know, you have to know your audience. But the truth is like this whole practicing of stuff. I'm very comfortable on camera. I'm comfortable podcasting stuff. But at the same time, I don't do a ton of like behind the scenes in my day, which I would like to do more. But that's my own issue, right? Because, oh, my God, I got like I asked you, are we going to be on camera? I got to do my makeup, right? And so it's like we have our own personal insecurities and stuff about doing things. and so. Like I know videos worth that. I've done a ton of screen capture. I've done talking head, all that stuff. What will serve me, right? Like as an example, like one of my other hashtags, just show up. I was like, I have just show up TV. And I'm like, these are fun conversations that I think that I could have with entrepreneurs. And how would I, what do I want that to look like? Because at the same time, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but with everything that's going on today, I think it's awesome. 
people are jumping in and live streaming and everything. Yep. I don't want to pe- hear people talk to hear themselves talk though, either. Like yeah. uh, if I were to sit and do video or, you know, the just show up TV, it's like, what is the purpose? Why are we here? What are we, where, what's the value that we're giving, you know? And it's, so I think when it comes to different types of content, your best bet is to start where you feel comfortable and then practice the other stuff. I tell people all the time, like, you know, walking the dogs, I'll pull up the camera and my phone and I'm like, Oh God, that's a bad angle. I'm not going to publish that. <laughs> but I practice and I play with it. Right. And, and then the truth is Nev, like, like I said, like last year was so hard for me. And I was like, it is what it is, but I built an audience and I built a community. And so I was able to check out and, and the consistency went out the window and I didn't care. And I don't care. Like I, I'm so past judgment and shame. Like it just doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve anybody. So I will not get where I want to be by beating myself up. Yes, yes, yes. I I will not get where I want to be by beating myself up. If the world embraced that mentality, I think there would be a lot. Should I beat myself? I mean, I, I, I'm like, I like to think I'm a very positive person, I think, but I, I mean, I'm constantly beating myself up and it's when I could step out of that and is when I do, when I do like great things. So it's pretty cool. I have one question for you, a little off the but we were talking about niches and everything like that. And uh, so you said you had a scrapbooking company. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's my question about that. So did you find that your niche of scrapbooking company was the mother that had the mother that had their first kid? Because by the time I know what my sister, by the time it got to like the third kid, there's no, not, there's not even any pictures of him. Oh yeah. No, I see what you're saying. So, well, it's, so it's funny because I grew up drawing, like I was actually going to be an art major. I wanted to get a degree in graphic design. I didn't. And, but I've always had this great event. Like I played the piano for 10 years. Like I've always had that create need in me. Right. And the scrapbook store, just somebody introduced me to scrapbooking and fell in love with it. But really it was, I had gotten laid off. Um, I was a district manager for a bookstore chain. that was the third biggest chain at the time. And it was like, oh my God. And it was like this window. And I mean, thank God my husband was on board. He always supported me. That was the Profit and Impact Podcast with Nev Harris. For a full recap of this show, or for more info on making more profit and impact with your agency or freelance business, visit nevharris.com. If you liked this episode, show us some love. Give us a rating and comment over on iTunes and help Nev get the message out to more agency owners and freelancers. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.